Welcome to Crypto Talk Radio, the podcast for everyday investors like you. Visit us on the web at CryptoTalkRadio.net. And now, here's your host, Leister. Thank you for that, Bailey, and welcome everybody out there in Crypto Talk Radio found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. Boys and girls, it's cold. It's cold. Extremely cold. Not the coldest I've ever been in. Not even close. That honor certainly lives with Cleveland. I did a, this is personal. I had, I did a trip, business trip with a coworker for a conference out to Cleveland. This was decades ago and a very attractive coworker, mind you. And I think if I had made a move, I probably could have done something, but I'm not a homewrecker. And I figured she probably has a, she, you got to have a boyfriend. If you looking as good as you do, you have to have a boyfriend. I don't believe you. And I didn't ask, but I don't believe if you don't have a boyfriend, but turns out, so just real quick, we, we, we check into the hotel and it, we get there at night and I'm not going to spit the hotel actually doesn't exist anymore, but we get there at night, snow on the ground, slush on the ground, but it's pitch black night. The lighting is not all that great. It reminds me of what you get if it was like Friday the 13th, the movie, right? Friday the 13th and some of those camp cabins. It's like in the middle of nowhere. There's trees all around darkness through the trees. You can't see. So I'm I, me being not the home wrecker as Leister at CryptoTalkRadio.net isn't. So I don't make any assumptions. I don't do what I normally would have done. So I just check in, get the room da, 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 and I just take off, go to my room. Okay. She gets her room. Apparently I didn't see it cause I was out. I was off to get the room cause I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to, I was trying to get to the bed first, but I was also trying to get warm. And then she calls, calls me on the, on the phone. She's like, Hey, can I swing by? Yep. Sure. Swings by. We order a pizza, hang out a little bit. No problem. We go to the conferences the first night we go to the conference and she's telling people, yeah, he just totally abandoned me and left me there. It was all creepy. I could have got raped or something deep, deep, deep. And she's, she's joking, but she's not joking. You know, like she was, she was kind of upset. I could tell. And I had to come back. I'm like, you don't understand. It was, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. If I had offered to escort you to your room, you might've thought something in your mind about what my intentions were about doing it. If I don't do it, you're going to think I'm a jackass for not trying to keep you safe. I would have loved to keep you safe, but the problem is males can't just make that assumption because it could come back at us as a me too claim or something. And it's just the two, just the two of us. And you know, I don't want the claims. I don't want the theories. I don't want the speculation. I don't want the risk. I didn't want that smoke. Back then, I was less about that smoke. Because again, this is decades ago and I was not the same guy I am now. But she was not happy. She's like, no, it would have been fine. I, I would have preferred you walk me to my room like a gentleman. I said, I would normally have done that. But again, you got to look at it from a guy's perspective. From a guy's perspective, it's a strong probability we're going to get some faulty claim about what we tried to do or did do or talked about doing or attempted to do or something else. And we got no evidence. This isn't a time where, you know, we're filming on cell phones or this kind of stuff. I mean, it was, it would have been risky. And so I didn't want to take the chances. I was not trying to do it. But later some situation happened where she went out with some of the other people at the conference and somebody asked me, Hey, where is, where is she? And I said, I don't know. She went with some guys. I haven't seen her since. That's all I said. And then she, apparently that got back to her and she was pissed at me. I'm like, well, what, what are you pissed? I just told the truth is I don't know where you went. I said, I hadn't seen you since. What did I, well, you made it seem like a deep, deep, deep. I didn't make it seem like anything. I didn't see you since, but I'm not in my mind understanding why she's so damn pissed off. 
My point is, I'm pretty sure I could have made something happen if I'd made a move. But I didn't make a move because I was not trying to catch a case. That was number one. And number two, it's a business trip. And number three, I'm pretty sure she has a freaking boyfriend. Now, I could be wrong, but I was pretty sure she had a boyfriend. Don't, don't misunderstand me. When I say this is an attractive girl, she bore a striking resemblance to Jaden James, the porn star. I'm going to leave it at that. Anyway, we're going to get into some cryptocurrency, and I do have some rather funny stories. So forgive me for laughing in ear, but I got to do it for one of these. We're going to crash course through this because I'm actually ducking uh, trick-or-treaters. I don't know if they're actually going to trick-or-treat because I'm in a shared deal, and I don't know if they do that here. It's actually kind of a pain to go up and down the floors. So, And I haven't seen very many kids. I haven't heard any kids. There's none that can't go outside. or I, There's like little tiny ones in, there in the building across the way, but there's very few children here. There's a lot of singles. I actually have uh, some very attractive young ladies across. I don't talk to them because I'm not a homewrecker because I don't know if they're single. But I don't, I'm don't. i ducking the, the trick-or-treaters. So this hopefully won't take too long because I got to get uh, over to this and make sure I'm not making any noise And because if they knock, I'm not going to answer. I thought about putting my usual sign up, but I figured that might be here, might not be really that good. And I don't know, because it's so cold, I don't think they're going to hit the neighborhoods because that's what we used to do back in the old days. Anyway, CryptocurrencyCoindesk.com. Zooming out to the month chart, and we are trending upward. Finally, it took a while. Ethereum at a low of 1780, a high of 1810. That's not very much volatility over 24 hours, but 1800 is certainly higher than where we were. And trending in an upward direction, which is always good. Uh, there's starting to be more green than red. It's not quite there yet, but it's starting to be there and trending on an upward path. Always looks good and always thankful when we see that happen. Meanwhile, looking at Bitcoin, Bitcoin is trending even stronger upward. So it's got the same pattern. Doesn't have quite yet as much green as might want, but its trend is stronger. Bitcoin's trend is much stronger. This tells me that there's a bunch of people getting into Bitcoin. Ethereum simply is benefiting going along for the ride. But if you're trading any of those, you're probably feeling good right now. And I am encouraging you to take profits if you are. The long-term predictions, though, were kind of weird because I didn't see the same strength in the long term that I saw, you know, like at the beginning of the year. That surprised me. But I think what's happening is there's a number of different events that have happened over this year. There's a number of different events yet to happen. A lot of uncertainty. And then the Gary Gensler's of the world and Janet Yellen's and the Republicans can't get their act together and the Hamas situation and Russia situation. And there's so much different, different disruption. Can't seem to pick a good president for 2024. There's so much disruption, I think that's kind of holding back the long-term sentiment, I guess. Which is why I said I released a video update and I said, didn't feel like a bull run, but I think bull market is fair. I think that's an accurate statement. I think everybody would agree bull market is absolutely in play. There's absolutely strength of purchase, just not the run-up that people might expect that it is yet. Will we get there? Let's hope so. And I still target 2024 for doing that. On the flip side, then, there's a couple of points. First of all, I wanted to talk about Bone, Bone from the Shiba Swap ecosystem. Bone has not really gone anywhere, and people have been questioning whether or not it's going to go anywhere. The Shibarium team recently put out a, and it went out through email through their, you have to subscribe to their email. I think they posted on some of their, like their Teles, not, I think they still use Telescam now, but there's like their Discord and other places they posted it, but I learned about it from an email because I'm on the email distribution, but apparently they're going to be releasing a name service similar to Ethereum's name service where you can get a, a vanity name, you know, like my wallet dot, in this case, dot shib, 
to try to simplify using it, but also to do as part of an identity type strategy where you can have self-custodial authentication and decentralized verifiable credentials, very similar to what WorldCoin claims that it's doing, and smart wallets, smarter, I should say, wallets. This would be on the Shibarium ecosystem. So this would create some utility, some utility on the Shibarium ecosystem. Some of the features that were talked about is the idea that you would choose your custom name, you could choose a purchase period, so basically a constrained period with which you would make a purchase, and then the approval process for the transaction. Once you go through this, you would have your own name, and right now it's in kind of a reservation phase, so you would get a reservation ticket. When it releases, it's scheduled to be Q1 of 2024 to release this to the mainstream uh, for availability. So if it's something that you're interested in, right now it's in the talking phase, and then I think there's some site that's out there from the announcement page on the blog, blog.shib.io. Check that out, the most recent post as of literally today. Check it out, and then it's got a link where you can click, and it gives, and the site official is name.shib.io if you want to do this. What you're essentially doing is you're buying an NFT. Once you buy the NFT, it reserves the name. You can then sell or transfer it if you want after they do the next phase of this. So once they do phase one, you're buying an NFT. It's yours. The name is yours, and it's not transferable. Then they're going to do a phase two where you'll be able to transfer this over to somebody else. Let's say if you wanted to get out of it or you're, you're toast on Shibarium. But when I saw this, I thought, okay, that's going to give Shibarium at least some utility. Now, I don't know how popular or how much it's going to really move the needle. So I go back to Bone. And Bone has not moved hardly significantly as, as much as people might have expected. And what I said to certain people that are, they're kind of frustrated with Bone, because there's a lot of people frustrated with Bone. What I said was, you got to understand, number one, how long it took something like AVAX to get to the point, the hundreds of dollars from the base of like five bucks. You got to think of how long it took something like Polygon. It takes a long time for some of these to get to that point. And then remember, Shibarium doesn't do anything at this point. There's not enough strong utility on the mainstream level. Because remember, some of these other ones have more mainstream application to them that cause some of its positive price movement. This does not yet have this. It's, it's pretty much... Ironically, having a price that's higher than Cardano at this is actually very impressive if you think about it because Bone has a fraction of the holders to something like Cardano. So I think Bone's actually doing very good. It seems to be holding a level of 70 cents really well. Remember, it went as low as like 26 cents very not recently. So just think about long-term. Bone is one of those long-term. Bone is one of those where if you're going to do it, it's a long-term and it's not going to give you multi-multi-bucks in the short. It's just not going to do it. I would argue the same is true of SHIB. SHIB's going to take a long time because of its supply and because of sentiment. Sentiment's been harmed and because they ultimately attributed the gas to bone as opposed to SHIB that caused some negative sentiment. That's going to take some time to recover. But if you're in, you're in and understand both of these are going to benefit from the run-ups of Ethereum once it gets to that point of strong run-up. They're going to benefit just because they're paired to Ethereum at this point. What we see is that the equivalent pairs for Ethereum for a lot of these still help benefit it because remember and some may not know this remember that on the centralized exchanges bone is not on the largest centralized exchanges it's on some of the smaller centralized exchanges because bone doesn't have a significant amount of holders it has a constrained supply they allegedly renounced the contract i did question that a little bit but the point is it has a small amount of holders allegedly a renounced contract but it is not on the largest exchanges that's going to play in in the question about vol volatility and volume that's not there yet. And we don't know what it's going to look like once they get listed. That's going to change the game because you got to think if people 
and whales, I refer to people. If people are stacking major bags of this stuff and have done when it crapped all the way down, you got to think that they're going to be trying to sell that for profit. When they try to sell that for profit, its price is going to jump. We just don't know when that's going to happen. I would argue that Binance is going to have the most significant price shift on Boehm of all of them. And you got to think that all pretty much right now, all of the supplies in circulation. So that's also going to play in. Well, many of those people, they're going to be looking to sell it at a premium because they're holding large bags. I just saw there's some people that are holding like millions and millions of this stuff on the holder accounts. And they're not even the top 10, but yet there's a lot of people holding millions of this. So you got to think once this gets on the exchanges, there's going to be major sells just because what it is, but there's going to be major buys at premium prices, which is going to jump the price up on the bone side because there's only so much supply. I'm not telling you to buy it. I'm telling you that bone is one of those I think is a sleeping giant. I think bone is going to go somewhere huge if and when it gets on a large exchange. That's number one. Number two, bone isn't really, although it is, it does have the gas component on Shibarium because it doesn't have the utility on Shibarium yet for it to be of use. It's not able to have any sort of significant volume activity. The holder counts are low. There's not a lot of transaction activity right now because of the lack of strong exchanges. These two factors are the gaps. When those gaps are filled, I do believe you're going to see a run up on that price. And I do believe it's going to go high because remember, AVAX, I'm pretty sure is in the billions of tokens, I think, or it's, it's certainly higher than bone, if not. So if AVAX is higher than bone in supply, and yet its lowest was five bucks, what do you think is going to freaking happen with bone? And AVAX's peak was like $307. What do you think is going to happen with bone with a much more constrained supply, much more sentiment behind it? The other piece you got to think about, SHIB has over a million, million holders. I'm talking just SHIB. If you took each and every one of those people and they did nothing more than buy 10 bone, 10 bone right now is seven bucks, right? If they would buy up the supply, if they're buying and buying and buying and buying and we start to get a constraint where, okay, there's just less supply, less supply, and then you get the exchanges listing, you're going to see a price jump. And when the price jumps and they're starting to be sold because there's going to be people that want that supply and they're going to be willing to buy at the premium because it's the only way that you can get it at that point. That's going to cause a spike. I know that it doesn't feel like it because right now everything's kind of quiet, but I'm telling you right now, if that happens, you're going to see a major run. And I'm interested to see what that looks like. If it can repeat the success of AVAX of, in this case, let's say Polygon, for example, and BNB. Because if it does, there's going to be a lot, there's going to be a lot of wealth flowing around the place. There's going to be a lot of freaking wealth flowing around the place. So I'm, I'm still optimistic about bone have been for a while. I can't tell people to do with their money, but I'm optimistic about bone probably more than any token that's out there right now, even more optimistic on that than I am Ethereum, just because Ethereum, Ethereum is paired to a lot of different things. So it is what it is. Ethereum will go up because of Bitcoin. That is what it is. But when you talk about percentages, bone has this bone at minimum, at minimum can only 10 X. I'm talking minimum because it's price is so low for the supply. Ethereum at most, at most can 10 X. And even that's a long play. Where did Ethereum go? About a six X, roughly five X from where we're at. So in terms of percentages, if one is a minimum of 10 X and one is a maximum of five to 10 X, I got to think, okay, where do I, where do I put my chips? The answer is really both because the one that has less percentage 
is more about base. It's more about stability. It's more about having a foundation for your wealth. The one that has the greater potential and veritably low risk. Because if you think about bone, it's not a garbage meme token. It's not, if it truly is renounced, it means they can't jack you that way. It certainly can dump, but we've seen it hold really strong at 70 cents. It's not just some garbage that doesn't do anything. It's built to actually be a Dow token. It's built to be the gas on Shibarium. Like it's, it's a different ball game. And to have it to be that low and early because there's not a lot of holders to me has the strongest future state potential. I could get it straight wrong, but that's what I see of it. And so I'm watching it very, very eagerly to see what happens with that one because it's always been intriguing because I've had bone on and off pretty much since the dang thing launched. And I've just been watching it and seeing what's going to happen with this thing because it's always a curious deal with this. If you didn't see, President Biden recently put out an executive order that was signed, sealed, delivered, and it's yours around artificial intelligence. And I talked about it at length on casual talk, but I'm not going to bore that. But it had an impact because since it talks about artificial intelligence and the timing of it coming out, it actually caused a negative sentiment on artificial intelligence-based tokens. Of course, you probably heard about this bad idea AI garbage that's aligned with the SHIB ecosystem. Many of these other artificial intelligence-based tokens started to crap because of this executive order coming from Joe Biden. Now, the thing is, the graph, that's one, that's a graph token, GRT, fetch.ai, which was uh, given for free on Coinbase a while back, Singularity, Nick, uh, Oceans Protocol, and then again, bad idea AI has been trending downward. You might be wondering what they're resonating with. They're resonating with some of the verbiage that talked about everything that's going to be required of any artificial companies to do in order to be in compliance with this executive order. Most notably, you have to make sure it's not biased. The whole nature, and I talked at length on casual, I won't bore it with length, but the whole nature of artificial intelligence is somebody has to program this to do something. And when you do this, there's inherently going to be bias. How do you ensure there's not bias? That's going to be very expensive to do, but you're required to do that. You're required to make sure it's not biasing in whatever it is that it's doing. So it can't, it can't make a biased decision, A or B, because of the bias of the person who did the programming. And that's going to be very expensive for them to comply with. And if they don't comply, then what happens? I actually think it's a good thing to start doing. I feel like the timing is off because they're playing catch up because artificial intelligence is already out in the wild and they should have done this before it was allowed to be out in the wild. Here we are. And they're trying to get in front of it. I do think there's going to be some legal challenges. I think they're going to fail those legal challenges. But on the flip side, Biden should have really gone through Congress because Congress is really on the hook. The problem is Congress is too busy chasing their own tails because they, the Republicans can't get a speaker to save their damn life. And they can't all agree on who should get voted out of office. And they allow certain of their members to violate the law and don't do anything about it. They're worried about crypto. They're worried about all these things instead of things that really benefit you and I. So I do think it's bad that they're, he's doing an in run around Congress. But at the same time, I agree that something needed to be done to rein in artificial intelligence because I think it's getting out of control in my personal opinion. Wallet Connect recently put some restrictions on the use of itself in wallets in Russia. And the citing that they gave, C-I-T-E, site, the site they gave is OFAC screening. I want to talk briefly about OFAC screening. First, if you don't know what Wallet Connect is, chances are you've already used it if you have a wallet. When you connect your wallet up to any site, as long as it's not MetaMask, I'm talking any other, I'm talking a reputable wallet. If you use a reputable wallet, non-MetaMask, Chances are you've used Wallet Connect to connect to some site 
And with the Wallet Connect, either you scan the barcode or you have the plugin on your browser or something else. But Wallet Connect is a it's a standard protocol that is used in order to connect the wallet and do the exchange, handshake exchange necessary for your wallet to talk to the site. And it's a standard. And ideally, all wallets would use the same standard because what that does is it keeps you, helps keep you safe. Because if it's a known open source standard, anybody can look at the code and determine that there's sort of security issues. We know that MetaMask violates your privacy. They openly admitted doing so. So that's why it's a problem when all these tokens jump to MetaMask because they're just violating your security. And many of those people are quick to get ripped off by scammers. Whereas Wallet Connect was an attempt to try to standardize the protocol necessary for wallets to talk to sites. Turns out many of them don't really use it or don't use it correctly. OFAC, Office of Foreign Assets Control for the United States. Let me give some background real fast. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because, again, I'm ducking these uh, uh, trick-or-treaters that may or may not show up. So the OFAC screening, what happened is a while back, there was something signed called the Patriot Act. The Patriot Act, its intent was to try to identify any sort of illicit use of funds or any sort of people who might be involved in illicit activities where there might be funds that are, you know, going the wrong way, right? So they're going to terrorist activities or they're going to war activities or going to something that the U.S. government doesn't agree with. Lenders and financial organizations are required to review those lists. And when there's somebody who's doing a transaction for financial, I'm talking fiat when I say financial, they have to try to identify if somebody is on some of these lists are called screening lists that OFAC puts out of known terrorists or known criminals or known something. And it's really on the bank, the banking organization to identify that and either reject access to the funds or report it to FinCEN, which is the financial crimes. So the reason that this caught my eye and the fact that OFAC is involved in the reason Wallet Connect took this stance is they targeted Russia. They specifically targeted Russia and they targeted all citizens of Russia. This is different than what the OFAC is specifically intended to do. Now, I think what the reason that they're doing this is because obviously the war has played in, but I'm mixed because you're essentially punishing the people who have nothing to do with the people who are waging the war. The people, the citizens of Russia are not the ones who are actually out there doing it. There are certainly people who are doing it, but it's a wide net. You're basically saying none of you can do the transaction. Could you imagine if China just basically said, we're not going to allow anybody to export any of your products to us. U.S. was shut down. We, we depend on them heavily and they depend on us to some degree, but we depend a hell of a lot more on them. So this, to me, sets a bad precedent of Wallet Connect doing this. And I also think, in my mind, Wallet Connect doing that completely flies in the face of what DSIM was supposed to be, which is the idea that it's not about this kind of screening or this kind of blocking or this kind of restriction. It's all supposed to be decentralized, right? You heard Leister at CryptoTalkRadio.net a couple of months ago say there's no DSIM. It's a lie. This is what I'm talking about. It's a lie because these organizations can absolutely block access to your transactions whenever they feel like it. Now, there are alternatives to Wallet Connect. The problem is, depending on your wallet, you, it may be the only option you have, right? Certain wallets, all they can do is a Wallet Connect, unless it's a dedicated connection that's their own, like Trust Wallet has their own, Xerian uh, has its own, Ledger has its own, and then it depends on the site to actually implement those standards. If the site only implemented garbage made a mask and wallet connect, you're basically screwed unless you violate your security, your privacy, putting it in made a mask. So I think it sets a bad precedent because once again, I'm not a fan 
of having so-called, quote, de-sin solutions taking on themselves to block a whole population of people because of a standard, in this case, the OFAC screening, that really has nothing to do with cryptocurrency. That's how I stand on it. Like, we're not talking fiat here, so it's a different thing because OFAC has not historically, at least, gone directly after cryptocurrency, only in the point of, you know, funding wars and that kind of stuff. And then studies were done that said, there's no evidence that there's using this to fund wars. It's a joke. You're using it as an excuse to do an end run to block cryptocurrency and setting a bad precedent because you start here. What stops them from saying, you know, we're going to stop these states from transacting your cryptocurrency because Robinhood already did that. Actually, I got an email recently from Robinhood and they're like, all restrictions are removed. I don't use it I, because I stopped because they didn't support Nevada. Well, I'm no longer in Nevada, but then all of a sudden, okay, now we're set up in Nevada. So it took them years to actually jump to the hoops to make Nevada happy, but it's too damn late because I don't live there anymore. Like that's, that's not the world we should have. And it's, that's the kind of thing that's going to stymie the growth of cryptocurrencies. When you have these organizations taking upon themselves to block access to what's yours. And nobody's brave enough to just stand up and say, we're not going to do this other than maybe Monero and Monero is challenging to work with. It's challenging to transact. I think it's a cool token for what it is, but it's challenging to transact. Most of the central exchanges aren't going to let you do it. So trying to get fiat out of it's going to be a pain. Now, QuackX and certain other ones like Change Now, they'll support Monero transactions, so you could do swaps that way. But what's to say they don't get shut down at some point? I just think it's a bad precedent. I think it's a slippery slope, and it's something I don't personally like to see. The creator of Noster, N-O-S-T-R, recently came out and said that Bitcoin Lightning is a scam. Lightning Network, if you didn't know, is a layer over top of the regular Bitcoin. So the Bitcoin, when you do transactions in the regular Bitcoin, which is what most wallets support off the jump, is dog slow. When I say dog slow, it's dog slow. I did a transaction a while ago, and I think it took like 15, 30 minutes just to do the transaction because it was never built for speed. In order to get the speed out of it, you have to do the transaction on the layer two, which is this Lightning Network. Most have not implemented that, that Lightning Network even though the Lightning Networks helped to scale Bitcoin and because it's not widely integrated, it wasn't, it didn't benefit everybody like they expected it to. It didn't take off like they expected it to. So now this uh, Noster, which is a central decentralized rather social network that was created by a name that I'm not going to pronounce came out and they're calling it a scam. They're basically saying quote, literally quote, lightning is a scam. <laughs> It is scamming Bitcoiners out of their time and energy and money for six years. It's glitchy. It's unpolished. So let me talk a little bit about the glitchy and unpolished. Part of the problem with trying to do the part of the problem with working with Bitcoin is it's not built for what we're trying to force it to do. And that's the reason, arguably, that Litecoin started to gain popularity. It's the reason why XRP started to gain popularity is because Bitcoin was never really built to be a payment network per se. It wasn't really what it was built for. It wasn't envisioned that way. And Lightning was their attempt to try to get some sort of expeditious transactions over top of it and benefit some of the other countries where it's it wasn't practical for them to do any of the other standards just for the purpose of availability. So then I I found this interesting because do I think Lightning is a scam? No. Do I think that it's a, it's like a bandage on a broken something where the bandage is already half ripped? Yes. I do think that I understand what lightning was trying to solve, 
but I don't think it was the right solution for the problem. And people looked and said, yeah, other developers agree. It's like, this is not working. It's too hard to build, to build against. We're not, we're not going to be able to get this up and running. It's not going to work. And we're spending too much time and money to keep this going, spending too much time and money, keeping this doing. Apparently there were some breaches and some attacks that were happening and that was expected. And I'll tell you why I was expecting. There was, when you have layer twos, layer twos almost to a T are vulnerable to attacks and nobody's ever been able to piece together directly why a developer, an anonymous developer, I say anonymous, quote unquote, he's anonymous to you and I, he's not developed, he's not anonymous to the community, but he came out and he released basically a message to the community, the developer community internally. And basically, essentially what he said was there were intentional backdoors, there were intentional open breaches. There were these concerns that I don't agree with because it's like, why are we doing that? But he was implying that some of this was actually intentional, that they did it on purpose. I can't say that was or wasn't the case because I've never done deep dive into that Lightning Network. I can tell you that it is challenging to work with, which is why many of the wallets have not integrated at this point, because it's challenging to work with and many developers don't think it's worth the benefit. Because again, when you have alternatives like a Litecoin and some of these other ones, you got a question, what's the point of doing this over on the Bitcoin side? And I said, why are we forcing it to do that? I understand what the thought was. You're trying to make Bitcoin more efficient. You're trying to improve what it does. I don't think you can. Not without a complete, that's why there were forks. You know, that's why you have Bitcoin SV. That's why you have Bitcoin Cash. That's why you have all these other forks that came off it. Because at the end of the day, what Bitcoin was doing at a time, worked at a time. When you now have a world where there's significantly more demand, you're seeing basically the gaps. You're seeing where it, the holes come in, where it just simply can't keep up with the gaps based on way, the way it was built at the time and what's needed now. It's, it was never going to work. So I'm simply saying, in my opinion, and it's only my opinion, this is a, this is by and large a symptom of it was good at the time and it was never really built to scale. I'm talking Bitcoin. It was never really built for a significant amount of demand increase. And it was certainly never built to be a payment network. And we've tried to force it to do that because we see that's where the lion's share of the wealth is. If it fails, the vast majority of cryptocurrency starts to crap along with it because so much is paired to it. And nobody understood at the time how popular Bitcoin was going to get when it did the run-up. But when I did my analysis about the run-up, I said that this run-up that we had in 2021 was an aberration. It's an outlier. It's an extreme outlier that shouldn't have happened. Turns out, yes, big players influence the price. But really, if we're looking at the price that's fair, we're right about where it should be now. And if we had never had the run-up, maybe we wouldn't have tried to force it into a payment structure. I don't know. I'm saying I don't think, in my mind, that Bitcoin is equipped to handle what we're trying to saddle it with, in my personal opinion anyway. And I say that, that's not even my technologist hat. That's just common sense of looking at it. We're trying to force it to do something, in my opinion, it was never built to be. As I talked to Mr. Segal on the show a while back, Bitcoin was never meant to be tied to fiat in that manner. It was meant to be its own form of currency. And then we tried to force it to do something that it wasn't designed to do. And now we're seeing the fallout of that. In my, in my opinion, that's what I see is happening on this business. I'm going to close the show with some comedy. It's comedy. It's sad, but it's comedy. It's comedy. I laughed at it, but it's sad. It's really unfortunate. And I'm not going to go deep into the background of what happened here. I, because I think it's, again, it's too much drama, too much drama for your mama. And I understand what the person is doing. It's engagement. I got it. 
So I'm not going deep. I'm just going to talk about the funny bits because they are funny. So Ben Armstrong, formerly known as BitBoy Crypto. Apparently, I didn't see any of this because I don't follow the drama. I don't even go on social media. But apparently, there was some sort of when, so he got arrested. He, he stomped up to some guy's place late night. He had his mistress in a SUV. And he was live streaming himself outside this guy's house. The guy had a film uh, camera, you know, security camera, pointed at his door where he saw Ben do a, a knock and run like the kids used to do way back in the yonder. <laughs> and, and so he gets arrested, does uh, Ben gets arrested for trespassing because they call the cops on him. He gets released. He does a video online where he says, okay, I'm done with cryptocurrency. And he didn't really mean he was done with cryptocurrency or done with Twitter. I forget what he said because I don't follow it. But he said something where the title was a trigger title. It was designed to get clicks, bottom line. Well, just a couple of days ago, he sent a message that said, quote, I think it's funny that everyone thinks I'm on cocaine because of an article that came out during my arrest when clearly, according to the police report, I was neither on drugs or in possession of drugs. This is more defamation on Hit Network, who's the firm that allegedly was trying to steal his business from him, who caused this with false statements. So the cocaine claim came because of the way he acts. And I personally never made any statement that he was on any drugs. I can't say that. I can't prove it. I don't know. It didn't. I don't know. All I said was you talk to a professional. The professional could be whatever professional he wants. I'm saying he should talk to somebody who's a little bit more professional than random people on Twitter because you talk to people on Twitter and they're going to call you a nutcase because that's how he acts sometimes. He acts like a nutcase. He's very animated. He's very sometimes agitated, energized is a very good word for him. I don't know what he is or isn't. Claims were made that he was on drugs. I don't know if he is or not. doesn't really matter. Point is, I just said, talk to a professional on it, and I let it go because I wasn't, I don't want to be in the business. But when he says this, a bunch of people came out and started attacking him. And, you know, again, I don't follow the token that Ben coined, which he was trying to use and do the V2 and have released. Da, da, da. I didn't follow none of it. Don't have any stake in it. Don't plan to. But what I wanted to read some of the responses. First, there was this message he did. Then there was a message he did. So his uh, mistress is a duchess of DeFi. Her name's Cassie. And he cheated on his wife with her, and then he kept spending time with her, and then he kept sending messages saying, I'm not getting rid of Cassie, which made it, made it seem like, okay, are you trying to do a threesome? Are you trying to live a polygamous life or what's going on? But it, essentially, he got served divorce papers from his wife. I talked about that before. And so apparently, he's now with Cassie. So he posts a picture online with him and Cassie. It looks like some sort of a Christmas celebration. And he's in a, he's in a orange jumpsuit. Like he's coming from prison and she's got like, I don't know what you describe hers as, but I want to talk about these two because the responses were absolutely damn hilarious. And then I'm gonna close first. This one about the cocaine user Pluto win Mars says, quote, uh, by the way, colorful language, go fuck yourself. You dirty scammer. Fuck Ben coin. I hope Cassie rugs you. Don't believe you. That's a bad spelling. Getting a divorce. Try to protect your wife from all the hate she gets from being an enabler. Buying an enabler. Won't be surprised if you're in a threesome. So he's implying, you know, that, okay, what's going on? Why are you still with Cassie, but you were with your wife? And this was after the, this was after the divorce. So I don't know what he was talking about the threesome. I, I <laughs> but the big one, this is off the uh, photo that, that uh, Ben posted with Cassie here. User Rob.xrp says, quote, you should be dressed as Ben Coin and Cassie as a rug, which inevitably will happen. For real, you look like a grandpa. You got no shame. I 
I have no stake or opinion about any of this. I just thought it was creative. I thought it was creative and funny. You should be dressed as Ben Coin and Cassie as a rug, which inevitably will happen, has got to be the most hilarious comeback I can ever think of, simply because it's it's just so well stated in what the person believes. It's so well stated. It's so apropos of cryptocurrency and what people's sentiment is about Ben Armstrong. I thought that was perfect. And what made it even more perfect is that it looks like she's wearing like some kind of a, I don't know if it's a mink or something, but it does tend to look like a rug on her. So, <laughs> so when I saw it, I died laughing. I'm like, oh, okay, these are some pretty damn creative people. And then uh, Crypto Journeys, uh, Rodney, Fudney, whatever, he's still doing videos about Ben, about Ben being a scammer, Ben breaking the law, Ben this, that, the other, which is, you know, I don't watch any of it. It's just kind of, because Rodney does a lot of cut editing, so I, I can't stand watching him. But they're just, they won't stop. And the thing is, Ben knows that. He knows it's engagement. He knows it's clicks. He knows it's eyes on him. He knows it's ratings. He knows the game. So I give him kudos on that bend. He knows the game and he's playing it perfectly. And he's leveraging his position and all the drama around him to just keep that narrative. Now, the downside though, the downside is at some point that train's going to run out. At some point that train's going to hit the wall. And then what happens if you're not able to sustain all the attention that you gleaned from all of this, it's going to fell out. Well, that's how he got to where he is. He got that level of awareness from engagement and doing these random dramatic over dramatic things and the way he talks and the way he does coverage and everything else. So he's very skilled at the game, which is why he gets to that point. I got it. It's not the way Leicester will ever be. I got it. I, I, in my mind, I'm wondering how long can you hold that up? How long can you sustain that? How long can you sustain? Because if we think about somebody like Alex Jones, who's the closest parallel to what I see of him, Alex Jones even burned out. Alex Jones at some point got toasted. He got toasted. And Alex Jones, by, by the way, very recently lost 10,000 Bitcoin in a, a, some deal he did or whatever. So as quoted by Dorian Gray from the movie League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Empires crumble. There are no exceptions. And I'm not wishing him well, ill at all. It's his business. It's what he wants to do. And I, I respect the hustle. I think, again, I ask the question, how long can you sustain this? How long can you hold that up when you got everybody coming at you from all corners? Because my guess, and it's only a guess, and it's not a wish, it's not a prediction, it's not a jinx, it's just my guess. And this has to do with the whole Jada Pinkett Smith business. My guess is at some point, something will fall out between him and Cassie. And when that something falls out, because Cassie, I believe, is the CEO of that Bitcoin business. When that something falls out, I don't, I don't think it's going to be a very pretty situation. And that's, I don't like to see that. It's unfortunate. But that's what I see because of what's happening. And, you know, you can't, you can't thrive on drama. Forever. Everybody that does has essentially washed out every single person. There's not a single person who thrived on drama that's still at their peak because we're in a world where the drama is now looked down upon instead of really the, the elevator. Because like a Richard Pryor, right? The drama was an elevator for him. It was an elevator for him. We're not there. We're not there anymore. So no ill wishes. I don't know him. I never will. No ill wishes on her. I don't know her. Never will. I'm saying I question 
How long can you keep that up? Because we're in a different world now where the drama is no longer the sell point. Now it's looked down upon and you got major players in cryptocurrency who are trying to trash on people left and right because of green. And they're trying to shut people down and keep things down like a Sam Bacon poof hair, right? It's same thing there. They eventually were going out to him. And then what happens? There's a falling out between him and a girl. And now she's trying to throw the belt. She just talked about, he wanted to be president of the United States. Doop, doop, doop. And of course our government, because the way we work, we always believe the female. I say, as just a prediction, my theory, something's going to happen between the two of them. And if, and when that happens, I don't think it's going to be pretty. I don't think it's going to be pretty for anybody. And then certainly not for the investors, but let's hope, let's hope that things get better and it's all just nothing and it all shall pass. And then once more money flows into cryptocurrency that people just kind of be distracted by the money coming in, by the way, don't FOMO when that happens, please don't, don't FOMO. And if you do buy in, don't YOLO. You got to learn how to test the bottoms and identify the bottoms and put in only what you can afford to lose. Cause Crap like this is a great way to lose tens of thousands of dollars, if not more.